Welcome, everybody, to the Christian Marauder. So glad you all came in today and joining us right now. Did you know that the Georgia Guidestones reveals how both the secular and the religious world will become that end times Judas generation that betrays, that pilfers, that schemes, that lies, that is the great pretender and games goodness for one's own end? Yes, you heard me right. The Georgia Guidestones talk all about that. Now, let me tell you, a while back, back in April, I think, of 2019 on the Daily Renegade website, I wrote an article about the Georgia Guidestones. And I was led to go back and look over the data that I recorded there. And I'm uh, actually I'm updating that article and with some just to clean it up a little bit and put some more stuff in there for you all at a, at a future date. But right now we're going to look at this because when I looked at the Georgia Guidestones and what I found on it, it was an amazing correlation to what we are seeing today happening in the world what I wrote about in 2019. So a lot of what I'm sharing with you is from 2019, what I wrote in those articles. This is nothing uh, I just pulled out of a hat. This is something I worked on for quite some time. With that, let me tell you about the Georgia Guidestones if you haven't ever heard of them. The Georgia Guidestones is a granite monument erected 90 miles east of Atlanta, Georgia in Elberton County. That place is shrouded in great mystery. Etched in these stones are ten guidelines promoting population control, eugenics, globalism, one world government, universal world religion, radical environmentalism, as well as specific astrological alignments that mark the annual travel of the sun, the north star. It also has a fully functioning sundial as well. A mysterious man who went by the uh, pseudonym of R.C. Christian uh, had this thing built on the behalf of a uh, hidden select few that authored and financed the stones. The dedication date was amazingly March 22, 1980, and coincided with the last day of the pagan occult festival of Ostra, celebrating the vernal equinox, or the, uh, the first day of spring. The spring equinox is a Sabbath holy day for witches and pagans worldwide. doesn't matter where you're at. They practice this kind of thing with their different gods and so forth. It is a two-day festival that celebrates the spring maiden, uh, known as Ishtar, and the horn god Pan, ushering in the characteristics of a new season of balance used to create a new cycles of energy to hasten a new age of harmony equilibrium and balance and unity into the world which oddly are written on the stones themselves in this fashion let these guidestones be unto an age of reason there are many eyewitness accounts of this uh, festival this dedication and one of them was uh, reverend cecil mcquaig he stated that the guidestones were beyond any doubt the work of a group of dedicated to the ancient cult of Egyptians who used this type of structure for sun worship. It was also attended by several self-proclaimed and well-known witches who, after the unveiling of the ceremony, um, stayed behind to perform an occult ceremony. These two occultists admitted they wore long purple robes, held a sword, used sandalwood oil and to draw pentagrams on the face of each of the guide stones. Okay? They then walked around the stones twice, chanting incantation to bring forth the purpose of the stones, which I'm going to quote from a book and from a source written at that time. Again, that will be in the end credits here. And they stated that the purpose of these stones was for banishing negative forces and again to invoke positive ones. 
for the purpose of channeling good and healing earth energy back into the world, based on the Hermaic magic principle that implies whatever is done on a small scale will have an effect branching into a global scale based upon the phrase as, as above, so below, to accomplish the miracle of the one thing. Now that's a lot of gobbledygook that most people don't even know about, but if you're ever involved in the uh, occult world or the New Age movement, and you're now a Christian, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you might want to warn some people about what these people are talking about, okay? One of the occultists mentioned how the relation of the central stone to the sun and the moon show a solar and lunar orientation, which refers to the male and female principle of the old religion, you know, the yin and yang, the male being the yang and the female being the yin symbol, okay? which is known as the yin is the feminine, which brings in chaos and disorder. And you have the yang, the male symbol, that brings balance and unity and stability back in there, and they kind of balance and bring balance and equilibrium back into the world. They want to bring that to a head to unleash this on the nation. That's what it was about, and onto the world, from a small scale to a larger scale, to bring in chaos so they can have order, okay? That's what this is about. Due to its obvious occultic relations and dedication states, the Georgia Guidestones were built by those involved in the occult. That is a fact. It's not fiction. It's well documented. So, folks, these were not just a monument, but they were also used as a conjuring point to unpack something, an esoteric message to future occultists and how to conjure and bring forth the thing, equilibrium and balance, bringing forth a heck of a lot of chaos so they can build back better world. That's what it's basically talking about. That's their ideology in a nutshell for you. They want to bring forth a new world order out of all the chaos. Okay, The Christian church is largely ignorant of this type of stuff they, they, they are they are they really are for various reasons they don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole or they're too busy doing other things but we are called to bring to light what is done in darkness as ephesians chapter 5 verses 11 and 13 says and i'm reading from the esv the english standard version says this take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light Folks, we got to expose this stuff. We're called as believers to not to hide our head in the sand. We got to warn people about this stuff, okay? In doing so, I'll explain why. In doing so, we can wage an effective spiritual war, as Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18 talk about. We can focus our prayers. We can focus our intercession. And this requires that Christian researchers, apologists, or apologetics people, ministers, lay people, for some of them who are called to do this to investigate this type of darkness not to participate in it or, or glorify this diabolical evil but for the purpose to expose it to tell the truth about it to warn of their plans and schemes that these ceremonies produce and what they're doing how to combat it through the blood of jesus and the name of jesus and a host of other spiritual warfare type of uh, weapons and prayers there and identify where we are on God's prophetic time clock that's found in the Bible because it's ticking down. This is all about bringing forth a one world government. That's very important in Christianity, folks, to understand where we are in the prophetic time clock because the time clock is kicking in real big time. Have you noticed a push 
for one world government to build back better? Right, right. I think some of you have. Got it. Okay. The Georgia Guidestones tell us what evil is to come upon the earth, the chaos they'll watch for in the last days in order to bring this new world order about of stability by somebody coming forth. This is found in the numerology involved in the Guidestones themselves, folks. Why is this important? Well, folks, there is a code written into the Georgia Guidestones based on the occult Chaldean numeric meaning of its numbers that exposes in detail the sinister shape of things to come. How do I know this, that they use the Chaldean system? Well, the short answer is all roads indeed lead to Babylon because it's written on the stones themselves and what language they're talking about first that points to the north star on top of the georgia guidestones is a capstone with four ancient dead languages written on it these languages consist of the babylonian cuneiform text okay which faces north classic greek which faces east sanskrit which faces south and ancient egyptian hieroglyphs faced west each language translates let these guidestones be to an age of reason okay folks that's what it says and get this folks the four elemental spirits of fire water air and earth are also associated with the same directions air is to the east water is to the west fire to the south and earth is to the north and so you can imply that there is a fifth element they want to bring forth out of something they want to bring forth a spirit to unite the world into an age of reason folks uh, and well, I'll explain in just a minute here. The Babylonian cuneiform text faces north for a reason, and that reason is actually defined in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 4 through 23, which concerns the king of Babylon who seeks to overthrow God's throne, known as Lucifer. He cried out in verse 13 that he will make his throne on the sides of the north. Okay, that's how you can interpret this from a biblical perspective. So, right away, we have the four occult main elemental spirits associated with one common language in order to bring forth to let these guide stones unleash and unpack on earth luciferian reason i'll explain that in a minute to help you understand what is going on here we need to unpack all the chaldean shades of meaning of the number four now the question comes why number four well the number four stands out how well, the answer to all this is etched into the four sides of the capstones, and you have four ancient languages written. The capstone then supports four large major stones. Each is engraved with a message concerning the guiding principles, how to get to a new age of reason, and how to maintain that. Next, the sides of each capstone faces the four cardinal directions of north, south, east, and west. Each cardinal direction is associated with the elemental spirits of earth, air, water, and fire all supported by one central column stone. Uh, uh, it's called a seth stone or a phallic stone. Therefore, due to the emphasis on the number four, it is important to find out what the Chaldean number four means. Why? Because that is what a cultist would do when they would see this. They would see it. They would know automatically about this. And with that, let's find out what the importance of number four is. In Chaldean numerology, four has several shades of meaning. It's quite a few. One involves its planetary meaning and its relationship to both Earth and the Earth goddess Gaia, okay, who rules and influences and initiates on how to have Earth, Gaia, 
give one favor and success and gain new ideas on how to rule the earth by build, building really detailed, de dependable structures and constructs to square what is known as square the circle or, the, or also called squaring of consciousness. Now, what does that mean? Squaring the circle is all about uniting heaven and earth through a personal incarnation to enter the new age. It's all, this is about a Luciferian new age concept of creating a Christ consciousness for all of the earth to live by in order to achieve the universal harmony and balance on earth. A new age after the utter destruction of the old as it achieved because it's order out of chaos. We saw this idea in the dedication date to spring equinox, celebrating the spring maiden and the horn god Pan, ushering in the characteristics needed to bring forth a new season of balance and cycles of energy needed to hasten the new age of harmony and equilibrium, a new age of reason to birth forth the fifth element of spirit into flesh called the antichrist okay just let your mind wonder the other chaldean shades of meanings for the number four uncannily correlate to what we're witnessing today with its cancel culture wokeness global government push well you ask how so let me answer that the chaldean number four has other shades of meaning that are follows the first one is using every means possible to possess property material to increase one's position in society you see a lot of these highfalutin billionaires buying up lots of property and farms up they're coming around trying to buy homes out from people and i'm just telling you just think about that the third occultic shade of meaning of the number four is about using firmness and force and a resolve to create security and stability by bringing associations syndicates groups confederations confederations businesses to form a ruling enlightened oligarchy all in harmony and unity who use every means to possess property material to increase their position in society so they can control things okay the fourth shade of meaning for the number four is all about developing a practical nature through self-discipline traditional routines are, are occultic rites here to create spiritual energy from the earth from gaia okay by means of Gaia for change that comes by working in unison to construct a new order, a new practicality, a new stability, a new peace, and a new safety through the steadfast endurance and never turning right or left and have the self-discipline, the gun for it, no matter the opposition or what the opposition says in truth. They are going to do, do what they're going to do. It doesn't matter about the consequences. They got it. They see it. They put it in. They put the pedal to the metal and they're screaming down the highway. That's how these people think. Have you seen any of that lately? In standard tarot card system, which is some of the Chaldean system is based upon, four is the emperor used for divine overcoming, which means number four is all about divine overcoming or some type of intervention. Okay. So, as noted, we have four languages written on top of the stones to indicate a divine overcoming that comes by bringing all into harmony of one language that launches all into a new age of reason. Okay, sounds wonderful, right? How? How is this to be achieved is further unpacked in the six stones used in the monument. One is a capstone that rests on top of one central pillar, that Seth shape, and four supported stones that, that help support everything they all balance each other they're all in balance this provides a simple math formula 
that you can use to find the numbers and their Chaldean numeric meanings like this. You have one central pillar plus one capstone plus the four main support stones, and you get six as the total. Okay, you're following me. The central pillar is one, which is the root number. Why? Because it supports all the other. That's that Seth stone. And that supports the capstone, which you get one capstone. You add those together, you get the number two. You add four stones of the same dimensions to the two other stones I just mentioned, and you get the total of six. Okay? So you have these numbers and their occult meanings to work with here. So you have out of the Chaldean system, so which are one, two, and four. Okay? And you get the sum of six. And they reveal the intent and the plan of those who built it and to use it for occult purposes and to guide into esoteric knowledge for future occultists to continually chant and dance around these things and, and draw pentagrams on it and do whatever they do, okay, for a purpose to release the thing into the earth to bring forth a new world order, okay. To find the correct number meanings, you need a context. You can't translate this without a context. And the people who built it them actually left us the context with lots of things. And so the book I was quoting earlier is this book, okay? And it's a book entitled The Georgia Guidestones by the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, 1981. Released on its dedication date is where we find the context by the very people who shaped and worked the stones and engraved it. So what better place to look for a context so you know how to translate the numbers because you got to have that. If you don't, it don't, it don't work. So on page 30 of the Georgia Guidestones by the Elberton Granite Finishing Company, it says, and I quote, The universe is put together by divine reason. Man is privileged to emulate the great architect by ordering his small world according to the rational faculty which he has been endowed. The compass of reason, when rejected, leaves the individual adrift in a stormy ocean. If you're wise, you'll recognize and you'll see the Chaldean number meaning for the number one imply because this is like the Seth stone. This is its purpose here. This wraps it here. And if you're wise enough, you'll see order out of chaos in that one sentence as well. So the Chaldean for number one means this. It means the dominant one. Our dominant leaders endowed with the male principle of dominance and aggressiveness and individualistic who are creative, they're original thinkers, they're independent, and they're, they're not swayed one iota to anybody's opinion, not even swayed to the truth in order to carry out this divine purpose. So, what are they talking about? Let's find out. Next on page 17 of, this, of the book, The Georgia Guidestones, it reveals what their purpose, and I quote, we must make humanity aware that, that acceptance of compassionate, enlightened reason will let us con control our destiny within the limits inherent of our nature. I'm not talking about you or I controlling our nature. It's about them controlling our nature. You've got to look how, how it's written and really think about it. You'll see that in there. So we find a direct link to definition one in that as well, in that page. Well, the number one refers both to the great architect and those under him being the dominant ones serving one whom they call the great architect of the universe who is lucifer the devil by using his enlightened illumination through them in order to control it all very simple not too complex there so with that let me show you how this illumination works which is actually described in the numbers two four and six so keep tracking with me 
Two means to be paired with something, to be prepared with somebody or something in order to prepare and inspire, to be guided by the divine feminine principle of receptivity that forms partnerships through diplomacy and cooperation by entities which redefine choice between what is good and evil, true and false, positive and negative, by how? By coming across as adaptable, tactful, being understanding, gentle, and cautious. Remember, this is the chaos principle. The feminine offers disorder and chaos. And if you're nice to it, you get some, you know, it's adaptable and it kind of mothers you, okay? I'm just kind of showing you how this works here. This is all brought about by one of the meanings that the number four means, and it, and it means this, making laws and systems to change consciousness per season, to create order and firmness, security and peace, stability and safety through self-discipline, and by building detailed, dependable coalitions in order for divine overcoming, overcoming of the existing order. Got to bring it to ruin. And out of the ashes, you raise it back. You build it back better. That's the idea. So on page 17 of the Georgia Guidestones matches that concept to a T. And I read from that Georgia Guidestone pamphlet here, written in 1981. And I quote, The mysterious sponsors behind the Georgia Guidestones explain their reasons for the monument. It is very probable that humanity now possesses the knowledge needed to establish an effective world government. Mm -hmm. In some way, that knowledge must be widely seated in the consciousness of all mankind very soon the hearts of our human family must be touched and warmed so we will welcome a global rule of reason the approaching crisis makes mankind willing to accept a system of world law that's the idea this is brought forth through the chaldean number meaning of the number six and six means spiritual energy that enlightens through conscientious healers, teachers, lovers, counselors who instruct humanity on harmony, truth, justice, and a sense of balance into his or part of the, of the world. To draw others in by showing understanding on how to be socially responsible to a global collective family through service, through love, compassion, counseling, psychology healing, creativity, so all walk the divine path that are written on these stones, okay? And on page 17 of the Georgia Guidestone pamphlet here, and I quote, verifies that very definition, okay? And it says it like this. A first step will be to convince a doubting world that such a society is now possible. Let us keep in view enduring appeals to the collective reason of humanity let us draw attention to the basic problems let us establish proper priorities we, we must order our homes here on earth before we can reach for the stars also on page 21 it substantiates it as well we suggest that scholars throughout the world begin now to establish a new basis upon which later generations can develop a totally new universal language for men and machines it will be adapted to our speech mechanisms and to the language faculties and patterns impressed in our nervous system. This is written in 1981. Let's go to modern day. Klaus Schwab is talking about how to travel to the stars, and we're going to. He talks about a lot about space travel. You know, a spacey guy talks about space travel. What can I say? But he's he's not that spacey. He knows what he's doing here because he wants to what put the internet inside of human beings, develop technology to uh, make you a transhuman. 
And here we have that in that language. And they want a universal language for men and machines. Okay, it will be adapted to our speech mechanisms. Hello, Alexa. Have you ever noticed anything like that? And to the language faculties and patterns impressed upon our nervous systems. Um, this is all about control, folks. It's a camouflage. These things, these people have been planning this for years. You don't believe me? Go read Jack London's book, The Iron Heel, 1984, The Brave New World, and a few other novels as well. On page 19 of the Georgia Guidestone pamphlet, and I quote, our thoughts reflect our analysis of the problem of confronting humanity in this dawning of the atomic age. They outline in general terms certain basic steps which must be taken to, to establish for humanity a benevolent and enduring equilibrium with the universe. Everybody go home. Please go home. Okay? With that background from those who built these in mind, we can translate what these occultic purpose of the guidestones are and what their purpose is to unleash into the world that lines up with the purpose of those who built to unite people to Lucifer and this idea that they have of a one world government. And we'll find out about more about this in just a second here. So with that, what I'm going to do is just going to use the six stones here. So you have the dominant stone, which is the Seth stone. Then you have the capstone. You have the other four stones. You have one plus one equals two. And you have four stones there, and you add those together, you get six. So you got one, two, four, and six to translate. Let me translate what these numbers mean. When I did this, I was blown away. I didn't really expect to find anything. And I'll explain later why I even did this, because I did not want to do it, and <laughs> tell you the truth. And I don't even know why God had me do it, but he did. But this is what it says, and I want to show you. This is what it means. Number one, the dominant one, the great architect. To all his allied enlightened leaders endowed with the male principle of dominance who are aggressive, who are individualistic, creative, who are original thinkers, who are independent, they're not swayed by any opinions to deviate, to carry out the divine purpose written on these stones for an age of reason. Two, you will prepare, inspire, and, and be guided by the divine feminine principle of receptivity that forms partnerships through diplomacy and cooperation by how entities or spirit guides redefine what is good and evil, true and false, positive and negative, by being adaptable, tactful, and acting gentle and understanding and very cautious. Okay. Number four, by making laws and systems to change consciousness per season, to create order, firmness, security, peace, stability, and safety through self-discipline, and by building detailed, dependable coalitions like businesses and corporations, form to undertake an enterprise beyond the resources of any one member for the divine overcoming during the four practical seasons of the earth the number six meaning here by which you train enlightened conscientious healers teachers and lovers and counselors who instruct humanity in harmony truth justice and a sense of balance to draw others into the plan by showing understanding on how to be socially responsible to a global family through service, love, compassion, counseling, healing, creativity. So all walk the divine path to Godhood. So the plan is actually outlined in the Ten Occult Commandments written on the four major stones that point to the need for chaos to bring forth stability. If you don't believe me, let's look at these. Their first commandment is maintain humanity under 500 million in, per in perpetual balance with nature. 
Okay, that means they got to kill a lot of people. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, rule faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Number ten, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Okay. These are the Guidestones Ten Commandments. It's all about destroying God's order. They are dead set against the Ten Commandments, okay? They want to rip them and destroy them and replace them with their own, okay? They're doing so in a reverse order. As above, so as below, okay? So you have to flip the Tenth Commandment to where their first commandment is, and you stack that under them, and you'll see what they're trying to reverse. So, I'm going to go through these again, and I'll show you what I mean. So the Georgia Guidestones first commandment says maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. This mocks the 10th commandment where it says thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. And you go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like it's related. Yes, it is. Well, let's find out how. To do this requires the elimination of 7 plus billion people. Why? Why would they want to do that? to take their wealth, their land, for a new world order so it can function by a ruling despotic oligarchy raised for this purpose, who's so-called noble and just, and a, who solidify this through a one-world leader over a sustainable control of the serf class. Okay, They own all the land and wealth. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum famously quoted in a video that's still out there, look for it, and he said, you own nothing and you'll be happy about it. And you only rent. Okay? It also flies in the face of Genesis chapter 1, 26 through 28, which tells us to reproduce and multiply, not decrease. Okay? That's why they're doing it. They want to undo reproduction. And they want to have a stratified top 1 to 2% will rule the rest through a structure. They'll have some structure, maybe three classes of people, them, sort of a new middle uh, class, and the surf class who farm and get all their goodies and do work in the factories for them for all their wealth. Very stratified. You own nothing and be happy about it because they own everything, okay? They feed you, you know, out of the benevolent goodness of their heart, you filthy surf. That's their attitude. So, Georgia Guidestone, second commandment means guide reproduction wisely sounds good right away right improving fitness and diversity how can anybody argue with that okay well this mocks god's ninth commandment thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife how in the world is that uh second commandment guide reproduction wisely improve fitness and diversity mocking god's ninth commandment about don't covet your neighbor's wife well let me tell you why well women give birth Thus, they are coveting after the role of women as mothers. Why? To stop procreation that God desires and mentions in Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 28. Also, the coveting of the unborn fetus through harvesting of these as well. Under the guise of helping humanity through DNA, fetal manipulation, 
to improve better health and diversity and also they want to implement sterilization okay to keep the surf class from getting too big to overthrow them okay it's all about control it's about them maintaining control so when they're so they're controlling what uh, the human population and they're controlling reproduction okay in the book of daniel it talks about the antichrist and his system is going to be opposed to women just think about it roll that about in your mind for a second so to guide production reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity is also about eugenics that was involved in creating a master race the perfect human that the nazis tried and thank god they failed in that and also guides reproduction wisely by a full control over the gene pool under the guise of improving human fitness and creating a new diversity by altering human DNA with transhumanism, like it said in the guide stone manual I mentioned earlier, that blends the biological with the electronics. Okay, so a small number of people will live longer, referring to the elites, but the surf class will be selectively sterilized and bred to ensure that no authorized births can occur so they can keep a lid on things so nobody overthrows their perfect world again okay georgia guidestone commandment number three says unite humanity with a living new language this mocks the eighth commandment of god thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor how let me tell you how to unite humanity with a living new language bears false witnesses to attack opponents and to character assassinate them. You want to unite humanity with a new, a living, not offensive language. So take gender pronouns out, okay? Make people go crazy because writers will go crazy. Can't, can't say he or she said. You have to say birthing person said. And that might offend somebody later on, so they have to go back to the editors and, and write I don't know how many additions to their books for this credit. You know, they have this living new language, politically correct language. And, and they also they will bear false witness against people and their character. They want to deny your gender, all kinds of things, and use that as means to attack people like you're a bigot if you don't do this or that. Okay. They want to use language to attack people with this new language. They want to destroy all other languages and substitute it with their own language so they can shape your mind and shape culture into be obedient goods little serfs, okay? In fear and intimidation that if you say the wrong pronoun, you may go to pronoun jail or something, okay? This new language is also a, a reversal of what happened in Genesis chapter 11 in Babel. If all spoke the same and be of the same mind and heart, nothing will be impossible for them. That's what it says there. So if you change a language to critical race theory, Marxist politi politically correct speech that bears false witnesses against people of all races, this is done in order to weed out those who will comply and obey and those who will not, who will be set up to be re-educated or eliminated later on. These guys have no morality whatsoever. The Guidestone's fourth commandment says, Rule passion and faith and tradition and all things with tempered reason. This mocks and violates God's seventh commandment that says, Thou shalt not steal. So you go, how is that related? Well, it's pretty simple. The, the Georgia Guidestone commandment stresses the need to use tempered, hardened, Luciferian reason to destroy those 
who oppose them by stealing their passion away, robbing them of their faith, destroying their traditions, destroying their foundation, destroying their logic, destroying their reason, robbing it from them. Is that happening? Alice Bailey said in The Externalization of the Hierarchy on page 278 and 279, a new age comes by the coming of new ideas, the new civilization, the new modes of life, of education, of religious presentation, and of government is inevitable. Page 279. They can, however, be delayed by the reactionary types of people, by the ultra-conservative and closed minds, and those who cling with determination to their beloved theories. They are the ones who can and do hold back the hour of liberation. Okay? From her writings, the message is clear that for the devout occultists, the hour of liberation must no longer be held back, must be hastened by destroying the reactionary types of people to get them out of the way at all costs. Pull out no punches, no lie, through false information, through whatever means possible to destroy a person. Get them out of the way because they, they are blocking this perfect world they envision for us to control us. Bertrand Russell explains how this is brought about, and I quote, and he said, I believe that owing to men's folly, a world government will only be established by force and will therefore be at first cruel and despotic. But I believe that is necessary for the preservation of a scientific civilization, a reasonable civilization, that if once realized, will gradually give rise to the other conditions of tolerable existence. The fifth Georgia Guidestone commandment says, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That sounds great, doesn't it? It's not what you think it sounds. This actually mocks God's sixth commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, how would it, how could that do that? How does that, how does that fit there? Nations and laws and fair courts and all that they want. How's that a, thou shalt not commit adultery? Well, how? What, what are we talking about, Brian? Let me explain. Note this. To first understand how the Bible in James chapter 4, verse 4 stresses that friendship with the world system is defined as adultery, okay? Okay? The, thus, the fifth Georgia Guidestone commandment says, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Okay? This mocks God's sixth commandment this way. It's adultery with the world's ideas of, of what is fair and just law. So, they create fair laws and just courts is not how we define them as equal justice under the law, but it's Marxist wokeness, it's forced submission to fornicate with the world in order to buy, sell, or eat. And the book of Revelations talks about a mark of the beast about that as well. In other words, if you don't commit adultery with the rule of law of justice, theirs, which is wokeness, and wokeism and Marxist communism with its fascist mindset, you are silenced, punished, excommunicate, not allowed to buy, sell, eat, or travel. Why? To protect adulterers from being offended by labeling actual empirical truth and data as misinformation so only their prostituted laws and ideas of fairness are brought into so everybody is made to think alike and they're easily controlled. Okay? Georgia Guidestones Commandment 6 says, Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. This violates the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. How? How does that violate the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill? Well, let's look how. Well, they talk about resolving all external disputes in a world court by ruling elites, by what their own iniquity-driven, twisted imaginations say is just and fair, to rid the world of disputes that are against them. 
So if anything arises in a country, you want their own governments to take care of it, to squash it, to silence them at all costs, drag them out, beat them up, threaten them, intimidate them, take their kids away from them, whatever means possible. Are you seeing any of that by chance? They need a world government along with a world military and a police force with local units here to eliminate all dissent, all disputes against their ideas, dreams, goals, and visions for a utopia for them and oppression upon the rest. Basically what they're saying, if you do not fornicate with the world system and culture, you'll be snuffed out. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't eat. They settle that dispute in some world court. It's obey or else, all for the common good because they love you so much. They know best. To Georgia Guidestone's Commandment 7 says, Avoid petty laws and useless officials. That sounds great, but this mocks God's fourth commandment of honoring thy father and thy mother. Now, you got to ask, well, how in the world does that violate that? And why? That doesn't violate. That has no connection. Really? Let's look. This is how Luciferian and Marxist claptrap seek to destroy the nuclear family and replace it with the state. So you can't honor your parents. Okay? There's a war on the family, if you have not noticed. Go to a school board meeting in Loudoun County and you might discover that to be true. Useless officials can refer to parents with their laws and rules and the moral standards that they teach their kids to pass on to future generations. Do you see any of this? So you got to destroy parental roles, get them drunk or stoned or be abusers or whatever, so nobody has a father or mother that loves them or cares. They don't have a real family. They have a dysfunctional family. And as that happens, the nation falls apart and people look to the government as mommy and daddy. That's the idea. So they want to get rid of useless officials, beginning with parents, as well as anybody who opposes them. Next, petty laws and useless officials refer to all who oppose their authoritarian power grab by making their ideas of law and order look, look pretty petty and useless, like laws that a country must have secure borders. We've got to have open borders. They want to tell a, hey, five-year-old, you want to put lipstick on, you little boy? Why? Ah, you're confused about your gender? Come on, we got a free sex change. You don't even need your parents' consent. Government knows best for you. See, that's the idea they have. And they want to get rid of basically any common sense. They want to burn down the system and build it back better into this crazy, nutjob, insane world that we're beginning to see come to fruition. Guidestone. Commandment number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. This mocks God's third commandment. Remember to keep the Sabbath day holy. Okay? Keeping the Lord's day holy, the Sabbath day, comes with a blessing. The blessing of being able to rest, worship God, and regroup, and think, and plan ahead through prayer. It's a time of reflection, and for reasoning with God, and talking with Him in prayer. Thus, the eighth Commandment of the Georgia Guidestone comes with a blessing from the state. If you balance your life to their ideas of personal rights, which involve never-ending social duties of social justice and social wokeness, and how many times you grovel, everybody and everything will be well. There's no rest in their law at all. It involves a continual shifting of the goalpost to balance personal rights with social duties, social justice, or else you are a bigot, the enemy of the state, 
and need to be snuffed out if you do not comply, okay? Because you will never be able to complete the, your daily social justice score and your duties of self-abasement for the color of your skin to a bunch of elite control freaks as that is what is defined as what your personal right is. And Georgia Guidestones Rule 9 says, Prize, truth, beauty, and love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Woohoo! Sounds really cool, right? Well, this mocks God's second commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, how does that correlate? How does that fit? You prize truth. Well, whose truth? Their truth that changes from day to day. Their truth is relative to the person. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you can say all you want. When you go out and you look at your tire, there's a nail in it. The truth is, there is no nail in my tire. I can drive on that forever. No, the truth is, objective fact, truth, reality of the matter, the standard by which you live by, says there's a nail in your tire and you keep driving, your tire's going to go flat. You got to change it. No, I don't. All right, my truth says there's no, 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 no nail in that. My, it, it, this will work. This will work at all costs. Even when the Marxist system has proven the failure at all costs, their idea is they destroy the West and then collect all their money, then it will work. Okay, that's their idea. But they can't see reason. They can't see anything. They can't see that that will not work. They can't see that social justice doesn't work. That critical race theory is just racist. They can't see that. They think it's their truth, and that's the guiding principle that everybody has to live by. But all those are flawed systems that do not work to produce envy and hurt lives and wrecked economies. What people don't realize is that there's only one truth, and that is the standard which reality is measured by, and that measurement comes from how God defines things. He gave that in the Bible through the Ten Commandments. He left a book, the Bible, that shows that love has boundaries in order to be just. And he allows you free reason and even to debate and disagree with him. Okay? The left has none of that in it. The Georgia Guidestones Ninth Commandment denies all this because their truth, love, and beauty is relative to the whims and rules of those who make the laws to control you. God reasons with you. They seek to control you and accuse God being of authoritarian when they are the authoritarians. Do you see what I'm talking about here? They want you to prize beauty and love as defined by who? Marketeers by body image, by how much booze you can drink. Think that. Think what the world and the culture is, is passing off as beauty. You know, body shaming, okay? And body types and, and, and love as lust and adultery defined by these marketeers, by these rich oligarchy. Let's look at the Georgia Guidestone number 10. Be not a cancer on earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. This mocks God's first commandment which says, I'm the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have strange gods before me. How does the Guidestones number 10 violate that? Well, it revolves about worshiping and serving the earth, Gaia. Serving her, that alone violates the first commandment. Have you noticed about climate change is actually more of Gaia worship than anything else? Have you noticed that? They want to put strange gods in front of you. Okay, they don't, want you, they don't want you to be a cancer of the earth. They want you to worship and serve the earth rather than the creator. It don't promise very good for those that do that, nor does a society. It collapses. So, folks, let's just wrap this up real quick. So, how does this fit with a, preparing the world for a Judas generation? 
It, it turns people to betray God. It teaches people to betray each other through false witness, to attack somebody who's innocent, who wants the best for their country or, or for the best for the kids as the enemy. Do you see that? It's destructive what they're producing here. And what they want to do is release chaos in the world so their new age Messiah called the Antichrist will come forth. Now, if you look at the Georgia Guidestones, you know that the Seth Pillar and what that means, that is a phallic symbol. It is all about birthing something out of the abyss and bringing that one to come forth into the world, to rule it all, to add the stamp of approval to a ruling oligarchy, to bring reason, that their reason is the only reason there is to rule the world. Anybody who opposes them has to be gunned down, shamed to in compliance. They, it's like the um, the communist uh, NKVD secret police chief of Stalinist and, and Leninist Russia said that, give me a man, I will prove a crime. That was his philosophy. Any man, I can prove a crime. I can prove that he committed a crime. That's the idea of this guy. So folks, if you're a Trump supporter, if you believe in protecting your kids, you are now a domestic enemy. Okay, you're seeing things like this unfolding. You're seeing this stuff. That is why the Georgia Guidestones help bring forth a message and how to make the entire world to portray each other, to, for governments to portray their own people, and for the church to portray God for one world church. With that, I'm going to conclude with that because next week we'll pick up right there. I think I might talk more about the Georgia Guidestones and give you the interpretation from the weights and measure. And you'll see from that, those number meanings and those math formulas there, they're found in that, will match exactly with what you're seeing happening before our eyes today. With that, let me close this out and, sh and say that censorship is really a real thing. I like people to look at Josh Peck's Daily Renegade website because there will come a time when the censorship will get so hard that you'll have to go to websites like Josh Peck's or other sites in order to get content like this. Okay, so just consider becoming a member of the day. Also, look at your screen and you'll see my contact information. If you'd like to help me out and support me, all my contact information is on there, as well as my book title as well. You can help support me by my book. You can help support me by PayPal account and stuff that is on that screen right now before your eyes. With that, I want to ask you all to be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.